we are going to see many, many new podcasts created because it's really, really hot right now. And also it's a lot easier to produce audio content, but I'm also going to predict that many podcasts will fail. They may have one season, maybe two seasons, and then they'll just stop altogether. Now, I know this all too well because I almost stopped my podcast as well because honestly, podcast is the hardest platform to grow. Welcome to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Lee, and I'll be sharing industry knowledge and social media tips through weekly interviews with established creators and Q&A sessions. Our goal is to help you decode social media, become a full-time influencer, and do what you love for a living. Let's dive in. Hello, creators, and welcome back to the first episode of the Full-Time Influencer Podcast in 2024. It is so exciting that we are heading into a new year. I absolutely love this time of the year because this is the perfect time to plan out your year, to set lofty goals and get excited about them and dream about the future. At least I personally love to do that. And so this year, I wanted to share some of my social media and influencer marketing predictions for 2024 in this first episode of the year. And I believe that last year I also did a predictions episode and we will address my predictions for 2023 and see if they did come true. But first, I also want to share some stats about the influencer marketing industry so that you can get a sense of where the industry is right now. First, the influencer marketing industry went from being just $1.7 billion in size in 2016 to now having a market size of 16 billion, but that was 2022. And the latest number that I read for 2023 is about 20 billion. It is actually expected to reach 84 billion in 2028. That is in just four to five years, which is incredible growth. And it's with good reason because 66% of brands have already indicated This is according to Oglivy, a large peer company. Brands have already indicated that content led by creators yield a higher return on investment than traditional advertisements. So it really shows in the numbers that traditional advertisements just don't work the way they do. And so it is inevitable that marketers will start to work with influencers more and increase their spend on more influencers over time. In fact, according to an agency called um, Debt Agency, They are saying that in 2024, 67% of marketers will significantly increase their spend on influencers. And also according to their website, 23% will allocate almost half of their total budget to it. And they didn't say exactly, but I'm assuming they mean total marketing budget. And that would actually make sense to me because social media and especially utilizing influencers is the best way to get seen now by a larger audience audience and especially if you're trying to tap into a younger audience anything that is millennial or younger so that is where the state of the influencer marketing economy is at right now and actually that doesn't even include the creator economy which encompasses a larger scope of all things related to creators and that is expected to touch 500 billion by 2027 this is also according to Oglivy. that is a gigantic number and prediction and so we are just seeing the importance and rise of creators 
creators and influencers in the marketing space. So I do want to share my 2024 predictions for social media and influencer marketing with a heavy focus on influencers. And I have uh, four predictions total this year. But before I do that, I do want to first share some responses to my 2023 predictions and see if they came true. Starting with the first prediction I made for 2023, and that is that influences and brands will become more eco-conscious about their product consumption and also just how they present that on social media. So from what I have seen, it is a definite yes. For example, earlier in the year, we saw the Tarte trip drama where there was an uproar about why Tarte was spending so much money sending these TikTok influencers like Alex Earl to Dubai on business class and and getting a plus one too and staying in um, suites in I think it was the Ritz Carlton and so people started talking a lot about it and it wasn't positive press so people are really questioning why brands are spending such exorbitant amounts to send influencers on these brand trips and there is quite a bit of backlash on this type of behavior. So I do sense that we are seeing less of these very lavish trips for influencers. Now, if you want me to do another episode just purely dedicated to brand trips and tourism board trips or airline trips, do let me know. Just DM me and let me know. Um, Personally, I have also seen less unboxings with really lavishly packaged PR gifts. We're still seeing a lot of PR gifts. That's still happening. However, this holiday season, I'm definitely seeing less crazy packaging and boxes. So in previous seasons, I have seen things like gigantic cakes or boxes where the influencers make a spectacle out of like smashing the box and revealing what's inside, etc. But now we're not seeing as much of that anymore. Of course, we are still seeing strategic gifting and partnerships between brands and influencers for the holidays, but definitely less focus on this very, very extravagant packaging so that they are more eco-conscious. However, there is an opposite side to, to this prediction that is a trend that is a little alarming to me, and that is that I'm seeing TikTokers earning, because they're earning a lot of commission when they promote products that are being sold on TikTok shop, I am seeing this almost mindless consumption on TikTok of meaningless products. And we can discuss this shortly when I get to prediction number five, where I talk about TikTok. But this is definitely something I notice, and it's very alarming to me. All right, moving on to prediction number two for 2023. I predicted that creators will take their communities to a different platform. And although I do think this has happened, I don't think it's happened at the speed that I thought it would. So I am seeing this a lot, especially amongst creators who share more educational value with their content. They are trying to find spaces where they can allow their audience to interact with each other. Um, an example is Adrian Per. His handle is OMG Adrian, and he is an extremely talented filmmaker director in the LA area. And he has he created a Discord for his followers to interact with each other, to share the work that they have created, to share resources, and so on. And that's just one of the examples. And we do see uh, platforms like Discord making a huge push for creators to build their own communities for their own audiences to interact with each other on Discord. Um, Another one such example is Colin and Samir. 
And Colin and Samir is actually sponsored by, by Discord to create their Discord. But I do think this is a very strong indicator that people are taking to platforms like Discord so that they can build a more engaged community. Like I said, though, I don't think it's happening at like a really fast speed. I do think that many creators are slower to adopt communities outside of their existing social platforms, especially with lifestyle creators, you know, fashion creators, people who are more product focused. I don't really see them taking to other platforms to create a community for their audience to talk to each other. However, I am noticing that many creators are building communities that feel more interactive or personal by using features like broadcast channels. So I also created a broadcast channel called the Rich Woman Channel, just talking about like money mindsets and stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of lifestyle creators and educational creators creating broadcast channels and sharing a lot of more personal updates or additional resources and tips. I do think this is a great feature on Instagram natively on Instagram that we can take advantage of to build a tighter knit community. But I do think that the interaction there between the audience is still very limited. So it doesn't really achieve the goal of allowing your audiences to interact with each other. But it is sort of another way to build a stronger relationship with your audience in a more personal approach. So nonetheless, I do think it's a good feature. Um, I just don't think it is it is as helpful as like allowing their audiences to communicate with each other. All right, the third prediction that I made for 2023 was that trends will remain, but trending audio will become obsolete and that original and creative content will win. So I have definitely noticed, I don't know if you have, let me know, but I have definitely noticed that I'm getting less of those completely meaningless posts in my feed where the post is just like a five second short audio with just a clip that is unimpressive and doesn't provide value and it's just blowing up because it's a trending sound. I really feel like that was like so probably 2021 early 2022 that I saw and I I really didn't really see that in 2023. Instead what I am seeing is engaging content can come in the form of both trending concepts for example recently we had like the stick your phone to the ceiling trend like that is engaging and it's fun but it's still a trend right and also i'm seeing content that is really relatable or really funny being really really popular and dominating the feed and actually i'm also starting to see more original content like talking head videos i would say the majority of them on my feed are educational but i am also seeing more story time style content that is like original talking head content i'm guessing that some of this may have been repurposed from tiktok but the fact that i'm seeing these organically in my explore is already different from Instagram in like 2022 and 21 when it was all aesthetic and it was all trending audio and you know Instagram was still trying to figure out their algorithm for reels and right now I do think they have improved their algorithm significantly and so we are seeing more really really engaging original content mixed with a lot of like trends that are also engaging but yes I do think that there is less of a focus on trending audio blowing up for no reason. 
Okay, prediction number four was that the creator middle class will grow. I mean, this wasn't even a surprising prediction. The answer is in the numbers itself. The creator economy is currently a $250 billion industry and it is here to stay. In fact, according to the president and CEO of Kensington Great Agency, it's saying that funds are not drying up anytime soon. We are seeing more and more people becoming creators. And also Goldman Sachs estimated that the creator economy could be a $480 billion industry by 2027. That is in line with the prediction that we saw earlier that said the creator economy is expected to touch $500 billion by 2027, you know, roughly there. So it definitely is growing without a doubt. And we are seeing more UGC creators. In fact, now people understand what UGC creators are. But last year, people were still kind of like, what is UGC, right? Now people know what user-generated content is. They know that there are creators specifically for this and they're very, becoming very common. We also see a lot of people who are more supporting roles around a creator like video editors, maybe influencers, assistants, business managers for creators with businesses. So yes, the creator middle class is absolutely growing. And especially because more top earners in the creator economy need to hire help for their creator businesses to keep running. Um, I am also seeing more companies hiring in-house creators who are full-time creators just for that brand. And I see this happening more on TikTok though to, to produce more TikToks. And it's a very interesting trend that we're seeing right now with how uh, corporate brands are approaching content creation. Okay, the last prediction I made for 2023 was that TikTok will lose its steam. Now, did this come true? So I think in a way, yes, where like TikTok was getting really unpredictable and a lot of people were complaining about getting less views. I mean, there was this phrase called like the two, 300 view jail, right? So I do think that a lot of people are finding it a lot harder to get reach and grow followers on TikTok and go viral. And right now, my own user experience is that there is just so many ads on TikTok as compared to when I use Instagram. And also, even if I'm not getting ads, every other, actually not even every other, like probably three or four videos out of five is a video that is promoting a product that is on TikTok shop. So it's eligible for commission. And immediately when I see that, I, I just immediately lose trust and interest because I feel like on TikTok there is this phenomenon happening where people are just hopping on the bandwagon to try and promote these really really dirt cheap products and like I mentioned earlier the Alex Earl light and there's other things like their skincare products and certain tech gadgets and whatnot and I, I really was surprised by how quickly people started to pick up on these shopping posts and because uh, people are really making some decent money from just the commission and right now this is because TikTok is funding a lot of the discounts offered on TikTok shop to really bring their live shopping and also like in feed uh, product promoting to 
the main stage and make it their main thing. And they really want to promote the idea that it's cheaper to buy on TikTok than say on Amazon. Almost every time I have found a product that's available on Amazon and also available on TikTok, it is cheaper on TikTok because TikTok, the platform, is funding the discount. It's offering the discount and it's making up for the difference. And these TikTok shop owners, these brand owners are saying that they are not the ones to have to offer the discount. And so the shoppers are getting this huge, huge discount. And the people promoting these products are also getting a commission. And with virality on certain posts, this means that some people can make thousands of dollars or even five figures per video. And so it really incentivizes these TikTok creators to promote these products. Now, while I fully support there being more ways for creators to monetize and make money and make this a career, and I am seeing that um, being viable on TikTok, but I, I have a feeling that this over-consumerism will simmer down in the long run as people realize that they're being influenced to buy totally random things that they did not need and that many of the items are overhyped due to all of these creators wanting to just make some commission money. So that's my updated prediction about TikTok shopping, but who knows where this will go. I think TikTok is like the wild card that is harder to predict in general, but that's just what I think. Um, I'm not really into it, so we'll see. Let me know if you agree or not. I also made a bonus point about how more creators will use AI to help speed up their content creation process. And without a doubt, this absolutely has happened. It has already become an important part of many creators, content creation and editing process. I personally regularly use generative fill and I also use AI for audio enhancement. Um, I use it for captioning, like it helps to improve the accuracy of my, the captioning app that I use. And also video creators and storytellers are using AI to generate copyright free images to support their stories. And I'm seeing this a lot when people do like true crime stories, you know, that kind of stuff. And I suspect creators will only use AI even more from here. And uh, particularly, I think they will adopt it more in creating content calendars, helping them with the starting script and generating supporting visuals like B-roll and, and more. So I definitely think AI will play a significant role in streamlining the process of, of creators content creation process. And also I do think it will also help to streamline the process behind influencer campaigns. So what I mean by that is how they vet the influencers, how they um, do audience segmentation, how they check performance analysis of their influencer campaigns and so on. So definitely AI will just become more and more important. And in fact, it's so obvious that I didn't even include it in my 2024 predictions because I think it's just a no-brainer. We didn't need to predict that to know that, all right? So now we are heading into the proper four predictions for the influencer marketing industry and social media landscape in 2024. I put a heavy focus on influencer marketing related predictions here and I'll just dive right into it. The first prediction I made is that whitelisting and usage rights will be included in almost all campaigns in 2024. 
And this is, in my opinion, due to unpredictable organic reach on platforms nowadays, as the platform algorithms are leaning more towards a topic focused algorithm versus a social focused algorithm, meaning that the algorithm pushes you content based on the topics that you're interested in and less so based on the people that you like or the people. That you follow. And so, because of that, the organic reach is really unpredictable. Like influencer campaigns, like brand partnerships nowadays, it's a total hit or miss.、Um, and so, because of that, I do think that brands will have to purchase usage rights, so paid usage rights, so that they can use your content elsewhere on other platforms, their own channels, etc. And also, especially, pay for a white listing so that they can use your. Channel, use your name and push out ads from your channel to potentially your warm audience or even audiences beyond your current followers. So, for me personally, I definitely saw this as a continuing trend from previous years. In the past, I used to do a lot more organic only campaigns where there were no usage rights involved, but in 2023, Only two out of all of my paid brand partnerships, which included partnerships with Shutterfly, Adobe, Coca Cola, Stitch Fix, and a lot more,、uh, only two of these did not require paid usage or whitelisting. So almost all the time, I'm expected to quote for paid usage and whitelisting. And I think there is really good reason for it, and we do have some data to back this up. According to the Influence Marketing Trends report by Creator IQ, 66% of brands discovered that content featuring creators delivered a more substantial return on investment compared to conventional digital ads. Meaning, out of all of the ads that people are seeing, if they see a familiar face, then they are definitely more likely to interact with it, right? And 22% of brand marketers identified sponsored digital ads, so these paid ads. Featuring creators as the most impactful marketing strategy. So this is really interesting to me because what this means is that this is becoming an even more important strategy than affiliate marketing or user-generated content, and it's using whitelisting, using the creator's image and brand to push out ads. And this marks a change from the last year when 33% of brands responded that. Gifting was the most effective marketing strategy, and now they're actually saying that sponsored digital ads featuring creators is the more impactful marketing strategy. So for this reason, I definitely think that almost all campaigns going forward in 2024 will ask for ad permissions, which is whitelisting. And so you, as a creator, should appropriately charge for this. Typically, I charge per month for content usage, and depending on what the brand wants, I may package、uh, content usage, paid content usage, meaning they can use it on any of their platforms, plus whitelisting, meaning they can run ads from my platform, and exclusivity, meaning that I cannot work with other competing brands that they deem competitors. I usually package these three together. And give them an appropriate monthly rate, and depending on how many months they need that for,、uh, the per month rate decreases the more months that they need the all of these permissions. And this isn't just backed up by Creator IQ's survey, Influencer Marketing Hub, a major website talking about influencer marketing, also states that by 
combining influence and marketing with paid ads, brands can create a unique experience that their target audience will take notice of and remember. And so they have said that paid advertising will be key for broader reach for brands. Okay, moving on to the second prediction for influencer marketing in 2024 is that I think creators will find ways to share more long form content to grow audience loyalty. Now, I don't think this is necessarily like super new news, but I do think we'll see a big uptick in this. In fact, we're already seeing it happen in 2023. I really think that 2022 was the rise of short form content. And then 2021 and 2022 was the absolute domination of short form content. And I do think short form content will continue to dominate. However, I also think that many creators find that beyond their short form content, they want another way to really build more loyalty with their audience. And so they are turning to longer form content like, um, for example, newsletters or blogs or substacks if they are into the text format. If they are into the audio format, then they would create podcasts like the one we have here. I mean, there were many creators who started podcasts in 2023, but the more notable one is Alex Earl. Like she created her own podcast as well, Um, but many creators that now have built a large audience with their short form content are also turning to podcasts as a form of long form content to build a closer relationship with these audience. Also, if they are into video, then they would turn to YouTube. Some might actually just start posting the long form video on TikTok because TikTok is making a huge push towards video content that's over one minute long. So either YouTube or TikTok, I think people will definitely want to also jump on. But because I think that it is much more difficult to create long form content consistently over a long period of time, I do think that this is an action for more mature creators or for creators who have more resources or for creators who have built a lot of followers with their short form video content already. So they have the capability to also get help to help them with the production of longer form content. I don't think this will necessarily be something that smaller creators are going to be able to adopt right away because for smaller creators, it would be more important to focus on one platform and just grow that platform first. And honestly, I think that the easiest and most realistic way is to grow on a short form video content platform like Instagram or TikTok. These two specifically, I think, has the most earning potential. And then once you have built that up to a certain critical mass, then you move on to other long form content platforms like podcasts or newsletters or blogs or YouTube. And actually, because long form content is much harder to maintain, I also have like a smaller prediction within this prediction that we are going to see many, many new podcasts created because it's really, really hot right now. And also it's a lot easier to produce audio content, but I'm also going to predict that many podcasts will fail. They may have one season, maybe two seasons, and then they'll just stop altogether. Now I know this all too well because I almost stopped my podcast as well because honestly, podcast is the hardest platform to grow. Without a doubt, the hardest platform to grow so far out of growing all kinds of things that I have done. I have done TikTok, Instagram, even YouTube. 
because I stopped posting on YouTube, like I didn't see growth, but I see that it can be easier to grow on YouTube. And email list, like it was much easier to grow that. But the podcast is like the one thing where I find it's really hard to growth hack. And also I find that it is the one where you really need a lot of word to mouth. And if you want to grow a podcast to a certain amount, the topics have to be pretty broad. And the problem with that is that if you're not already a known person, then doing a broad topic or a general lifestyle topic or just shooting the shit with your friends is not really going to attract people to listen to your podcast unless you're a known person or you have an existing audience elsewhere. So for that reason, I do think that many podcasts will fail and even people with larger audience will find that it is very hard to organically grow a podcast and also keep people coming back to the podcast. I think for that reason, they may find that it is better use of their time and maybe money and resources to put it to other platforms that are more lucrative. Um, and also podcast ads don't pay as much as like other ads on other platforms. But don't worry, I do plan to continue my podcast. I really enjoy this audio only format. I enjoy like making these long um, breakdowns of predictions for the social media landscape. And I hope you're enjoying this podcast as well. Okay, moving on to prediction number three. Now, this is one that if you follow some like social media commentators, you may have heard of it, but I think I've only heard of one person talking about this and that is Kokomoko. So she is mostly known for being a TikToker and now she has a podcast and she talks a lot about pop culture, but also the creator economy and influencers. And she brought up this thing called relatability fatigue. And this is something that I predict will be a thing in 2024. So what relatability fatigue is referring to is the fact that people will start to get sick of seeing really big creators who are clearly not living a relatable life trying really hard to look relatable. So we have seen the rise of relatable content since 2020 when the pandemic happened and we were all stuck at home and nobody was out doing anything really crazy or fun or glamorous and people really found comfort in seeing more relatable content, in seeing more day in the life, get ready with me, and also 9 to 5 content. And this was all good for 2022, 2023, especially because we came from the Instagram era of like pre-2020 where everything was polished, everything looked more luxurious, it was planned, and um, it was very like orchestrated. So people really, really loved this whole switch, this pendulum swing going from a perfect feed to consuming really relatable, realistic content on TikTok. And there are many creators that blew up creating these relatable content. Sometimes it's in the form of just like a rant. Sometimes it's in the form of like, get ready with me. Again, using the example of Alex Earl, because she's just like the person that comes to the top of my mind. And she would share a lot of these get ready with me's talking about stories in her life and just being real about it and um, sharing many of the even unglamorous aspects as well. And also just playing around and being funny. And that was all good. And that really catapulted her to stardom and gaining her millions of followers. However, 
Nowadays, the shift is that these social media consumers are hyper aware of how the content creation process works and even how influencers make money. I think there's a lot more awareness, and with that awareness, they know. That you're putting up a tripod and hitting record to document this so-called relatable moment, and they know that you're probably being paid. You know, some of these larger creators that blew up for being relatable, they probably know that you're being paid five or six figures for a casual video, and so that really makes it feel like it's no longer. Authentic, because we all know that a lot of these relatable moments are actually highly engineered and really hard to make it make it look effortless, and that they are purposely made to look more nonchalant. And I think there will just be like so much awareness that these influencers who are selling relatability are actually living an extremely unrelatable life. One such example uh, is Kylie Jenner doing a makeup review or get ready with me in her car. Nobody believed her. They obviously know that she's ultra wealthy and that she probably has an entire studio in her home with all of her makeup products,、um, and that she made this extra effort to look relatable by doing this unboxing in her car, and it did the complete opposite. And I'm going to actually quote a part of Coco Moco's video to. Explain this perfectly.、Uh, we saw Kylie Jenner get some pushback earlier this year when she filmed an unboxing of Kylie Cosmetics in her car because people were like, "We don't really believe that you like drove to an Ulta and like had to go in and buy the product and then test it in your car. Like you probably have access to all of your Kylie Cosmetic products in your home or in a warehouse." So audiences are just becoming really aware, and the forced relatability that we're seeing,、uh, this relatability fatigue, is almost more off-putting to us than if someone was just like, actually kind of trying hard in a video, because it's actually more work to look like you're not trying hard when you are trying hard, and audiences are gonna see that this is now kind of a trickery thing that happens. For influencers or corporations to make more money by seeming like it was nonchalant when it wasn't, and again, there's no, there's nothing wrong with these kind of things that they do.、Um, it's just audiences might be off put by it, and creators need to be able to adjust. So what I think, actually, my prediction is that this relatability fatigue means that instead of just relatability or forced relatability, I think people will want to see more authenticity. Whether that is a in a really flashy, over-the-top way, or if the、uh, real authentic is just being relatable, that's totally fine as well. I think the fatigue comes with creators trying to look relatable and forcing relatability, and I think that's what people are against and have a fatigue of. It's not that people don't like relatability. I think people will always enjoy relatability. It's just that it has to be really authentic, and I think people will instead be more okay with you being flashy or over the top if that is authentically you. And part of this relatability fatigue is that I think people are seeing so much casual, relatable content, like "Get Ready with Me" and casual talking head videos and low production quality, that there will actually be another pendulum swing. So we went from 2019 being ultra polished to being very, very casual and relatable in 2020, and I think that 2024 there will be another pendulum swing where people will want more. 
eye-catching content, more unique ideas, and potentially better production to, to really catch their eye. For example, like if you know visual effects or special editing or some cool transitions, I think that will become really eye-catching and also be able to retain attention in 2024. And that actually brings me to my fourth prediction, and that is that creativity will be key to getting attention both for organic growth on social platforms like Instagram and TikTok and for attracting brands and getting paid campaigns. Now, we've already talked about white listing and usage rights being likely included in all campaigns going forward. And when you have creative content and visually unique content, there is a much higher chance that the brand will find value in that for a campaign and want to use that in ads to push to a wider audience. And so mastering creative content and knowing how to edit cool content and also use special effects to level up the looks of your content and create unique transitions not only will it help with grabbing attention organically in the explore page making people stop their scroll i also believe that it will help you as a creator land more paid campaigns and this has actually been the case for me personally In 2023, I got many campaigns that were asking for me specifically because they know that I do visual effects. And because I really believe in this fourth prediction and I really think that creativity will be key to getting attention for both growth and paid campaigns in 2024, I've decided to host a live workshop on January 27th where I will be breaking down my three most creative reels and how I made them. And I'll also be sharing with you some of the most common mistakes that I see creators making when they are trying to make these creative edits or creative transitions. This is actually the first time I'll ever be sharing the ins and outs and step-by-step direction of exactly how I edit, so you definitely don't want to miss it. I'm also going to be sharing some additional tools and tips and tricks that I have learned over the years, editing on these mobile apps that I use on a weekly or even daily basis to create all of my reels. So all you really need for this workshop is your phone. This is honestly one of the best ways to grow in 2024 by creating unique content that will help you stand out as a creator and become ultra memorable. And that's exactly what I'll be teaching you in this live workshop. Now, this is actually my first ever paid workshop, but don't worry, the price is super affordable. It's $7, which is basically the cost of a coffee, but you're going to learn how I created these really creative edits and a lot of other actionable steps as well. And I specifically picked three videos that each cover different aspects of editing so that you can walk away with a lot of knowledge that you can really quickly apply to your future reels as well. Again, this is happening on January 27th, 11 a.m. EST. It is $7 to join and you can sign up now via the link in the episode description or you can head to successfulinfluencer.com slash edit pro. That is E-D-I-T-P-R-O. And also, if you cannot attend the live, don't worry. We will send you the replay afterwards. 
I am so, so, so excited about this because I think that my editing um, and also just like generally creative reels is probably one of the things that I'm most well known for. And this is the first time that I'm actually doing a live breakdown, like an editing workshop to teach everybody how to create unique edits at such an affordable price. Um, and all you really need is your phone. So make sure to head to the link in the description now or head to successfulinfluencer.com slash edit pro to save your spot. All right, I hope you found this episode interesting with all of the predictions, looking back on the predictions for 2023, as well as the four predictions I made for 2024. And I really hope to see you at the live training coming up on Jan 27th so that you could also learn these necessary skills to edit on your phone and become a unique creator that will stand out in 2024. Thanks again for tuning in to the Full-Time Influencer Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with someone who could benefit from it. And I'll see you in the next one.